and the ability to grow uninhibited by paying any taxes or capital gains or dividends tax over a 20 or 30 year period is a really powerful tool. Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast with certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha. Here's your host, Ben George. Glad to have you back on All Things Retirement. I am Ben George. He's Anthony Alpha, certified financial planner and founder over at Cardinal Wealth Group. Their office there in Cherry Hill. You can find them online as well at cardinalwg.com. Today, we're going to be uh, having a little bit of fun. We got a headline we're going to get some reaction to from Anthony. Then we're going to move into a topic on IRAs. I think this is a pretty important topic and one I'm sure you get a lot of questions about Anthony, traditional versus Roth IRAs, and we'll have a mailbag question. So we welcome you on, Anthony. Good to talk to you again. How you doing? Yeah, doing good, Ben. Um, how about yourself? How you hanging in there? I'm doing well, man. You'll appreciate this. I just The, the family took a vacation uh, a week or so ago for the first time getting out of town. Went down to a, a lake house and spent some time with some family. But trying to pack up uh, for your eight-month-old <laughs> daughter and take her somewhere <laughs> is a uh, true challenge. It's like taking the entire house with you, right? Because you don't man. know what you need. Yeah, we 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 uh we got one of those trailer hitch carriers to put on the back of the car, and it's basically loaded down with all her stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think we'll be a little more efficient going forward. But man, it was a uh, it was quite the experience. What did people do back in the day when they had like one of those uh, punch buggies and they had you know two uh, kids under the age of two? How'd they fit everything? I have no idea, no idea how our parents did it. But uh, I got a new respect for traveling uh, parents, and I have a little more patience with people when I come across them. I think. Yeah, we got our first uh, vacation planned in August. So we'll see how that goes. We're heading down to um, Hilton Head. So oh, cool. I'm not sure if we're going to fly or drive. Originally, we're going to fly, but uh, with everything going on, we may end up driving. I'm not sure. So we'll, well see. Good luck to you if you go. The, Thank the, you. Well, either way, I guess. But especially yeah. if you go the driving route, it's a, yep. it's a true challenge. But anyway, let's get into a headline first. I want to I lead off with that. I saw this headline. I thought it was very interesting. And Kind of want to get your reaction to it and 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 kind of what you take away from it. But there was a story in uh, on CNBC that said more than twenty five percent of Americans are rating their retirement accounts after a COVID nineteen related job loss. Yeah, I think that just really goes to highlight how many of us are unfortunately really living paycheck to paycheck, and you know some of us maybe also are caught up with keeping up with the Joneses, and you know it puts a lot of pressure financial stress when you know we lose a job and we can't obviously uh, make ends meet to be able to you know pay for our basic necessities so it's certainly not one of the best places I would recommend to go but you know with some of the loosened laws they have allowed um, us to be able to go into our IRA 401k accounts without a penalty to be able to use it in a time such as now and give us the opportunity to pay it back over the next three years with avoiding a penalty. So if you're able to, uh, certainly would be best to try to pay yourself back at some point. So yeah, I mean, these are definitely trying times and at least the unemployment number claim, job claims was seemed to turn around last month and whether or not that'll continue on that path, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I guess that number, this number could even go up higher depending on how long this lasts and whether or not there's a second wave or whatever else. But yeah, I think that the, the main takeaway is, you know, not as many emergency funds and savings accounts built up maybe as 
as you would hope to see, but um, it's kind of the state of uh, of the country right now. So very interesting stuff there. Uh, I want to get into this topic today, Anthony. I picked out traditional versus Roth IRAs because I think it's, a, it's an important topic, and I think there's still a lot of confusion on exactly what the differences between the two and, and where people should be putting their retirement money. Do you do you talk to people a lot about this? Do you do you see a lot of confusion about traditional versus Roth? I think the general word of IRA um, is used a lot of times synonymously, but there's obviously some differences there between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. And then you have also something called a non-deductible IRA. So yeah, I do see that there is a lot of confusion out there. And we do talk about about it a lot of times when we're talking to people about what's the best way to save going forward. And this is certainly one of them that rears its head uh, on a weekly basis. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's start off with the basic explanation between the two. Go ahead and give me a quick summary of really what is the difference between traditional and Roth. So yeah, a traditional IRA is going to be where you are putting money into an account on a pre-tax basis where you're able to deduct the money that you're putting in there from a tax standpoint. And when it comes to taking the money out, you're going to pay taxes on that money at that time in the future. You're not only going to pay taxes on the money that you put in there from a contribution standpoint, you're also going to pay taxes on the growth that took place between the contribution and whatever the new value is in the future. So most people making those types of contributions are hoping that in the future, they'll be in a lower tax bracket in the future. Plus, they're getting the benefit of the tax deferred growth over time, letting the money kind of build up and compound over time. A uh, Roth IRA differs from it in that the contributions that you're putting in, you're not getting any sort of tax deduction for, for putting that money in. You're putting in after-tax money into a Roth IRA, which just means you pay taxes on that money. So for example, money that ends up in your savings account, instead of going into a savings account, it can go into a Roth IRA, same type of after-tax money. But the only difference is the money that is invested in that Roth IRA will grow tax-free going forward and when you decide to take that money out and use it at some point in the future, you do not have to pay taxes on it again at that point. Okay. Good explanation between the two. So it seems like most people have really contributed more into traditional IRAs rather than Roths over the course of their lives. I know the Roths a little bit newer, but why do you think people have just been more inclined to, to put money into traditional over Roth? Yeah, I think that really comes down to two things. One of them you just touched on, and that's from a historic standpoint. I think the Roth IRA didn't come around till about 1997 by Senator Roth, and a Roth 401k option did not come around till about 2006, whereas the IRA was um, invented, if you will, back in 1974. So it had a good head start um, as an option for people to invest in. But I think the other side of that is the common financial advice that most people have been told is to take the tax deduction now. You know, a lot of accountants and advisors have really just been trained that way to always take the tax deduction now and pretty much have been telling people, you know, when you retire, you should be in a lower tax bracket. But I think there's some concerns that come comes about from that and that when people have 70, 80, or 90% of all their money in an IRA type of account, 401k, if you will, you know, they haven't paid any 
taxes on any of that money. And they're making some assumptions that they're definitely going to be in a lower tax bracket, but that might not necessarily be the case. Got it. Okay. Well, it seems like the Roth is a pretty a pretty good tool for for a lot of people right now that are, and they're probably you know that's probably why it's been considered a little bit more over the last few years than it ever has been. But kind of break it down on, on why it can be so powerful. I understand like the tax part of it, but just over the course of I guess of a lifetime, if you're really putting a lot of money into, into a Roth, how can that really kind of benefit you greatly in your retirement? Yeah, I mean certainly from a uh, tax planning standpoint, it's going to be helpful to have money in a Roth account, but also in, you know, pre-tax account like a traditional IRA just to give you a, a good balanced approach uh, to taking money out in retirement. But uh, the other thing is that when you look at a Roth account, you know 100% that all that money is yours. You don't have to do any guessing. The money in a traditional yeah, that's not technically all of yours until you satisfy the liability to the government when you pay your taxes on that money. But then on on top of that, the uninhibited growth that you're able to get from a Roth IRA, because it can really basically just be left in there to allow it to continue to grow for so many years. And, and the ability to grow uninhibited by paying any taxes or capital gains or dividends tax over a 20 or 30 year period is a really powerful tool. You, you get a similar powerful type of an event from the IRA as well, but you have to start taking that money out by age 72. So at some point you are going to have to uh, pay the piper. Yep. We all have to pay the piper at some point, don't <laughs> we? That's. Yep. Uh, I wish we could avoid that altogether. But all right. So I, I think people maybe that they kind of understand this a little bit better right now and the difference between the two. Let's try to give some examples of just some general people that might benefit from one versus the other. Because I think that's the other big question is, okay, I understand the two. Now what's best for me? So let's start with someone that might choose to contribute to a Roth rather than a traditional. Who might that person be? What What might that person look like? Well, the one kind of thing that you can run into with the Roth is the phase out rule. So generally speaking, if your income is over $200,000 on a modified adjusted gross basis, just from a after tax essentially basis, you may not be able to contribute to a Roth uh, for a married couple. And if you're single, you're looking at somewhere around $140,000. So most likely the the makeup of a person who's contributing to a Roth has to be under those thresholds to begin with. If you're over those amounts, you're not even going to be able to invest in a Roth IRA in a, in the traditional sense but of making a contribution. So uh, people investing in that Roth, number one, have to meet the criteria of a, a certain income threshold. And number two, I think that person who's investing in it should generally be concerned about probably taxes rising in the future or that they just want to you know, pay their taxes and then invest the money and not have to worry about it going forward. So I think that those would be some people that would you know, utilize a Roth versus a traditional. Okay. Sounds good. How about the other side of that? The flip side of that coin, who would, who would maybe choose traditional over Roth? Because it seems to me like the Roth Makes a lot of sense, but I'm sure there's other people that would maybe benefit more from a traditional over a Roth. Certainly. And 
like I said, kind of before, it's it's great to have a, a balanced approach. So having all your eggs in one basket from a tax uh, bucket standpoint, you know, it's it's nice to have it spread out. But somebody who is really seeking tax deductions now would utilize a traditional IRA. Somebody who is over those income limits of the of the phase out in the Roth IRA, you're not going to run into that from an IRA standpoint. And if you're not really worried about taxes in the future rising, or if you know you're going to be in a much lower tax bracket, then it probably does make some sense to utilize a traditional IRA. The one other thing I will say for people in that phase out, um, there is a way to kind of get around that with regards to a Roth IRA, and you can do what's called a backdoor Roth contribution. And all that is, is basically making a contribution to your traditional IRA and then converting it to a Roth IRA. I know we've, we've been talking about making contributions, but a conversion is a way to actually take traditional IRA money and turn it into a, a Roth IRA account. All right. So that's uh, traditional versus Roth. Is there anything else you'd add to this conversation? I, mean, I think we covered everything pretty well. I got a pretty good grasp of, of the differences, but is there anything else that you think we might have missed? No, I think we pretty much covered it. Uh, the only other thing, you know, is really looking at it with all your other assets and what you're doing with other sources of income. What are other sources of income that you're going to have for retirement to really get a total picture of everything that's going on to really determine what makes the most sense for your needs today and, and in the future for retirement. Well, look, if you have any questions about which IRA might work for you or what other you know, retirement plans that you should maybe set up for yourself and other investment strategies that you might want to have, work with Anthony, talk to the Cardinal Wealth Group, figure that out. He'll be happy to sit down with you virtually, uh, primarily right now, I guess. Are you guys doing anything in person yet? Mostly everything is is virtual okay. at this at this point. We are able to have people come in, but um, most of our clients are in that at-risk group. So we've been um, mostly doing everything virtually. Okay. Well, you can find them online. CardinalWG.com is the way to access their website, but also you can call them as well. 609-605-2808. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Time now for the mailbag. We're going to take a listener question. If you ever have anything on your mind, want to reach out to the show, to Anthony, go ahead and send it in through the website, cardinalwg.com. We'll bring him here onto the show and do our best to answer him based on you know the limited information that we have from the question. And today comes in from Marshall. He writes, I have a variable annuity and I just found out that the fees are very high. I'd like to move the money somewhere else, but I have to pay the penalty to take it out. Is it worth the penalty to get away from the high fees? Uh, man, that's, I got to tell you, it's one of the most common discussions that we're having today with people who are in a previous investment before we, we met them. And the variable annuity is one of those that uh, is getting a lot of bad press right now. So it's a pretty common question that we're getting. I would say that, you know, number one, it, I think it really depends, right? And how, how bad that penalty is uh, to get an idea, you know, how much that would cost you to get out of it. But then on top of that, you know, what are the pros and cons of keeping it? What is the purpose of this money? So maybe there is a way to kind of hold your nose at the same time, keep it because it's going to provide you a feature or benefit, probably for one of the reasons that you might originally have bought in it, to continue using it. But 
comparing it to alternatives out there. And, and it could very well make a lot of sense to replace it because there's something that's maybe a lot cheaper or does something a little bit better. You're just going to want to figure out, well, what's a better home than my current investment? There's got to be a good reason for, for making that change. So yeah, just understanding what the purpose of that money was intended for originally, and is there a suitable or better investment out there? And really, at the end of the day, what's it going to cost? So I know some people, no matter what, just want to get out of it and move forward. And uh, sometimes that happens too. Well, thanks for that question, Marshall. And uh, we appreciate it. Hopefully, that gives you a little more guidance. I know you need to probably sit down with a financial professional. If you have an advisor, sit down with them. If you want to sit down with Anthony, you can do that. But you know, go look through your entire situation and see what other options you have before you make any decisions. Uh, indeed, it's probably the best route to go. So we appreciate that. If you ever have a question, send it in. CardinalWG.com is the website, and we'll be happy to uh, try to answer it here on the show. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up, Anthony. Uh, appreciate the time today. Enjoyed it. I just encourage everybody to visit your website, both for past uh, podcasts that we've done, but also to get any information about you know, webinars that you're doing or any kind of seminars once things get back open, plus a lot of different resources that are on the website too. There's some stuff you can read through and some tax-free retirement toolkits that you can access, a lot of different stuff there on the website. So appreciate the time, Anthony. Enjoyed it today. Yeah. Thanks so much, Ben. Have a great day. All right. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.